It's got till five time. I actually nailed it this time. My name is Max Curden. He's Jesse Benz. Hello, my sweet child of mine. I'm here. I'm here, my sweet prince. You're the wind beneath my bloody wings. Oh, he's in that kind of mood. That's good. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on our second episode, our 69th episode. However, you're kind of judging this. Welcome. Is this actually number 69? Because that one, makes me so happy. Is. Yeah, this one actually is. We're 69ing right now. Oh, God, that feels so good. I'm, I, I am in one of those moods, but I think it's purely from exhaustion. I'm just running on empty. Hey, um, sorry I'm a bit late, but I got a good excuse. You, you never do, but go on then. So my excuse, right, I ordered a Just Eat because I'm a tart and I can't use cookers. So I um, ordered a little Just Eat and Pam Pizza, you know, Pam Pizza in Cheltenham, like a little um, terrible hygiene rating, but I think that improves their pizzas. Um, ordered a pizza from them and I, they got milkshakes on their menu. And I was like, ah, oh, like, um, get a milkshake. That sounds yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> I was just there on my phone, little phone looking at it. Um, did that, um, ordered my milkshake with it. Um, get a fucking text from Just Eat saying it's all delayed. And I was like, that's terrible. Because uh, that means Mac's going to be late. And I'm going to have to wolf down this pizza. When the dude eventually gets here, the reason they were late is because I'd ordered a Milky Way milkshake and they were out of Milky Ways. So this bloke had to go on like an odyssey to like some <laughs> shop to get a bunch of Milky Ways and get back. Just because I wanted this milkshake on a whim. Still, it's nice. I'm drinking it now. Jesus Christ, you're a liability. I'm imagining this poor little man showing up. Shirt ripped. Yeah. Shit everywhere. Not only that, he um, had to drive here with the milkshake between his legs because he needed both of his hands to drive. So he sort of looked at me and I took the milkshake off him. And as I took it, I went, oh, thanks very much. And he just looked me dead in the eye and went, people don't normally order milkshake for delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Which means you are the first person to order it for delivery. And they realise that they're now going to take off the menu. Yep, it's been the worst experience of his life. Wow, you've ruined someone's evening. Yep, that's all right, because I've had a lovely time. <laughs> that's all that matters then. Um, let's get the, the um, what what do you call it? The business out of the way. Last episode was top five Jim Carrey movies. Now, the new format of the show is that I present two, Jesse presents two, and then we have a number one each, which is then voted for by the Got Till Five Milky Way universe the day before the next episode to find out which you guys think should be the number one. And it was Ace Ventura versus Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And easy choice. This is why the people are not allowed a public vote because they can't be trusted with it. (laughs) Ace Ventura won with 59.6% of the votes. Obviously, Ace Ventura won. 59.6 is all you need, mate. It's all you need to be a winner. Um, I, yeah, and that was my choice for anyone who didn't listen. So I'm the winner of our virgin. I've popped the cherry of the voting winning thing, and there's blood everywhere. So it's one note to Jesse. I hope you guys rally behind me on this one. Make sure you go to Twitter, which is where we do the polls, Got Till 5. Use the hashtag GT5 to get into the conversation, and the poll will be up a day before the next episode. So two weeks' time. Please vote for me. We've got our own hashtag now. Yeah, we've got a hashtag. Ah! Hashtag GT5. Rolls off the tongue. That, that surely like someone used that for Gran Turismo game or something. Well, they've lost it now. Is it ours now? All it's right, cool. Now. We've got GT5. Do it and vote on whatever my number one will be today. Exactly. And what are we doing today, Jesse Benz? Well, today, because we do 
everything in the world now. So we did film last week. We thought we'd go a bit musically this week. Um, and we've gone for top five pop punk albums, which might be um, the genre that most um, sums up yours and mine's personalities and friendship. Yes, and hopefully our listeners. We yes, <laughs> oh, you disgusting child. Well, no, this this I think because they rushed this Milky Way. There's bits in it, <laughs> so I've got like I've Jesse, got all these Jesse, bits Jesse, and they killed me. That's not Milky Way. Oh God! It was between oh, his God. legs for a reason. Oh God! It's very salty and crusty milkshake. Welcome to episode sixty-nine. Um, <laughs> the the term pop punk is a difficult genre to define would you not agree no i wouldn't agree it's um like three chord um happy pop music with a catchy hook played by people normally um with tattoos um sometimes eyeliner mohicans spiky gelled hair they wore dickies (laughs) in the 90s that was sort of that's who does it very good, Jesse. You 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 did that wonderfully. And to people who are listening, don't worry if your band or stuff doesn't come up. They either didn't do a very good album or they're not technically pop punk. Because <laughs> annoyingly, when I was Googling um, like pop punk bands just to get some inspiration, my chem came up constantly. And I would not class yeah, my no. chem as pop punk. Yeah, but if you... But oh, that's only because people have told you they're emo and you believed them, right? They are fucking like, emo. They- but emo's not a sound. Emo's like a, a look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's but if you listen to my chemical romance and don't know anything about pop culture, there's not a world of difference between them and Green Day or Blink One Eighty Two, right? I think I'm not okay screams a lot more of a step <laughs> I thought you were just saying that. I think I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Helena, please. <laughs> um nah 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 nah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's a difficult kind of, and we are going to do future episodes on like ska punk and punk rock and general. Oh, we're going to milk this, don't you worry, gang. Yeah, literally every version of punk you can think of, because that's that's all me and Jesse have in common. So <laughs> look forward to that. But uh, pop punk, yes, I'm excited. This is this is how we became friends. This was our bonding. This was our good years. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? And it was actually making me a bit sad, sort of reminiscing about all these albums and pop punk and that, because um, I was happier then. <laughs> we had that conversation the other day. You said, uh, what point in your life were you the happiest? And I said, in all honesty, probably now. I've got all my shit together. Every I'm very comfortable in who I am now. I'm not sad anymore. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you came out with the saddest answer when you were like, I think I was happiest at 16. <laughs> I think I was happiest at 16. Sixth form, first year of sixth form was great because like you're doing AS levels, which ain't real. Like no one cares about them. They're basically mocks for your A levels. So you can just stick about all year. All your mates turn up to the same place every day. You just hang out with them. No need to like phone call and make like deal, find out where they are and stuff. They keep running away from me. And um, then... It's all good. It's just nice and chill. And sick form, you could you don't have to wear uniform neither. So like for the first time, I could wear what I want, and I look cool. And like, and you start to like get girlfriends and get laid and stuff because it's clearer who you are. Do you know what I mean? Everyone sort of looks the same in a uniform, which um, isn't very good for the old um, sex. Yeah, that's the problem the Nazis had. Yeah. That's the point, actually, because the Nazis, Nazis probably. <laughs> well, <laughs> I make a joke. Jesse's like, "You're fucking right." Yeah. <laughs> it's 
why those Nazis were so angry. I love Nazis. Hey, uh, before not, I don't love Nazis. I love like the um, I love talking about Nazis um, and staring off into Aryan sunsets, as I believe we discussed. Um, Lenny was a big collector of Nazi memorabilia, and he was all right. Um, Lenny is in Lenny from Motorhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's dead now. Um, so update. Um, yeah. Um, so you asked me before we came on air if I've got any more theories to discuss because Aqua Monkeys went pretty bad last week. It almost um, went viral. It was that close. Yeah, right. And um, that's understandable because um, they are super interested. Um, don't have anything that amazing this week. In fact, this is incredibly disappointing compared to Aqua Monkeys. But Aquatic Monkeys, some... you can't even remember your theory. Oh, I've moved on. <laughs> this is ages ago. I've got things to do. This is more important to me now. So I've worked out, right, for years, Max, years. And I don't know if you're doing the same thing. Um, I've been walking around with a big old wadge of wallet in my pocket right (laughs) and um that wallet has been it's like all full and i don't know why it's so bulky because you have to turn it like it's all folded and stuff and it's all tatty um i got money in it i got old train tickets and shit like that because that's just where they go right people give you a business card you go thanks very much and put it in there but I realised last week, all I use is my debit card for everything, right? Like, that's it. That's my life. So, hey, presto, take the card out the pocket, out the wallet, stick it in your pocket. Mate, you're so much lighter. There's no lump in you. Because, like, wallets haven't moved with skinny jeans, right? When I had my wallet back in the day, I had my big dickies on. It was all right. Now, skinny jeans, it looks like you've got a tumour on your thigh. But, like, I've got this card, just little flat cards. You know what they're like? Little debit cards. I know what they're like. Don't worry. <laughs> and it's uh, now all that, that's just in my pocket. And I feel so much lighter. I'm skipping around and I feel like I might float. Well, I feel bad because I've, I've known about this for a while, Jesse. Why didn't you tell me? I, I feel like I should have. I didn't know this was this much of an issue for you. I, I, I have my debit card and i have my this is so boring for listeners my debit card my driver <laughs> like my driving license my id and yeah i've got a, a special phone case with two slots for my card so I just what? slot them in there why it's in have the phone. you just been letting me walk around with a tumor on my thigh sorry mate why the fuck can we move well, past this and forgive no. me I think you might, but I don't know. I hope no one else has. I hope everyone else has had this epiphany listening to me and they're not a smug fucker like you. So now everything's nice and thin in my pockets. All across the world, people are throwing out their wallets right now. I hope so. Just fling them out the window. Take the shit out of them first. But I don't, I don't, why do you carry ID with you? I don't carry ID with me. Because I'm still quite, uh, even though I'm an old man now, I still have a very useful face. I'm not old and decrepit like you. So people still sometimes ask me, how old are you? And I go, this old. And they go, you look great. I was like, I do. When's the last... No, that's not... Can't be true. I I never get that. Um, do I? Do you think I look old? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this, is, this podcast is for the people. It's not for us to work through your issues. No, I don't want to look old. I want to be handsome. You are handsome, my little prince. Thank you. My hair's in a weird grow-back stage at the moment. I shaved it not long ago, and I want it back now, but um, that'll that'll make me handsome again, won't it? It will. It will. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want to grow it too much. I grew my hair... Last time I tried to grow my hair out, it got to this sort of stage where I looked like a disgraced classical violinist, so I thought I'd better <laughs> cut my hair off. Shouldn't have been drinking when you... <laughs> 
I have a I have a rule when Jesse's talking: don't drink or put anything in your mouth. <laughs> Danger. Hey up! Hey up! Hey, hey. Oh wow, that was an exhausting twelve minutes. Can we get on with the top five? Yeah. Hey, that's something else I learned the other day. Um, before we get on with the top five, did you know Stephen Hawking? Um, yeah. in his last few years of his life, the only muscle he could use in his old body was one little cheek muscle. What? Yeah, he controlled his old little voice box from one cheek muscle. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, but, well, it is until you hear the man talk. It took him, like, years to get anything out. But it was, uh, but yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Well, I was surprised he always lasted as long as he did. Because normally people with that disease, off your pop before you turn, you know, a certain age. Yeah, so if um, if anyone out there is listening with um, some sort of crippling <laughs> disability, you go die! I thought you had you were going to be like really supportive. Then you knew the name of the disease and should <laughs> no. should know better. Should have known better. Yeah, no, you're going to die because Jesus hates you. No, we shouldn't say that. Stop <laughs> saying we. You said that. <laughs> you're in this with me now. It's too late. Fucking um, hell. Right, top five on. time. Top five. Oh god, it's here. Five. I have to take up. I'm wearing a towel. Mom, you're naked. I need to remove that like a glove drop. Why? What's wrong with it? Hurts me because it makes me chew, right? Yeah, oh, it hurts me. Yeah, because I won. Hate that movie now. Ah, that's the end of my milkshake. Can you hear that? I did. Enjoy the chunky, whitey, crusty bit. Stop it. Just gonna put you on mute. I forget I have the power to put Jesse on mute, and I can see his little voice thing going up. It's annoying him. <laughs> Did you just put me on mute? Yeah. Oh, fuck you. That, that, right, the peep. I can't. I won't be controlled. This is like hunger. See, he, he can be controlled. It's very easy. <laughs> oh, you suck, suck your mum. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, exciting um, news we forgot to mention. You are what? spreading your wings away from me. Uh, at the end of this week, and you're you're going to do a podcast without me. Fuck! Yeah, I'm going to be um, on um, Game Till 5, which, as everyone listening hopefully knows, is our sister podcast with a couple of cracking birds who talk about video games and that. And, um... Equally on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they're... Um... And um, they got me on because I like a game called Stardew Valley and they like a game called Stardew Valley. They got some other lovely bird called Leia, who... Um... <laughs> Hey, stop saying bird. Oh, sorry. Sort some tart who um, likes um, like Stardew Valley at all. So we're all going to talk about it together, and it'll be fun. I'm no very Max excited. is allowed. No Max is allowed. I'm I'm excited to see how Jesse fends without me controlling him. Well, it's weird because I'm just going to be horrible to people, and there'll be no one to apologise for me. Exactly, and there'll be no one to be like, "Oh, that's just Jesse." I'll just yeah exactly. I'll just hear. I'll be able to just hear people getting sad as I talk. <laughs> uh, like the last game to a five episode we were on when Nikki got sad. Nikki did get sad, but it turns out that her mic dropped out. And she didn't know it dropped out, so it sounded like I was being rude because all I heard was I played Road Rash two, and then I think she went on to say a whole bunch of other stuff. But that's all I heard, so I just went cool story. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl, she puts up way too much from us. <laughs> Why they agreed to be in partnership with us, I'll never know. I know. Oh, well, I love those tarts. (laughs) (laughs) It's top five time. Hooray, pop punk. It's all right to demean women in pop punk, classically. 
Classically, yes. Uh, I think that's why the genre didn't survive that well. Uh, oh. When we're talking about top five <laughs> pop punk albums, we're talking about a full album here. This isn't just like, oh yeah, it's got a couple of really good songs on it. I'm looking at you all, Killer No Filler. It's got to be a front to back good album. That's ironic, isn't it? That all Killer No Filler is predominantly filler. Wow, that was really funny. Very little killer. What? Then? I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just saying, like, that's the irony of it. If I wanted to be funny, you'd fucking know it, mate. <laughs> For example, that album is... It's a good album, but it's not one I will put on from front to back. Know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. It's only right that we talk about going from front to back on episode 69. Love it. Should we see how many 69 jokes we can get in? Yep. Yeah, I mean, let's go. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, um, suck me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to be wittier than that, but okay. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. Um, okay, pop pug, who's going first? Probably uh, I'm going first because you went first last week. But I won the vote. Doesn't matter. What is what's the point of this fucking vote then? You get you get a point. All right, you get a point. Point. What am I going to do with that point? Yeah, cash it in. I'll have some prizes for you. Okay, cool. Well, let me know why I can cash it in on, and I'll do it when you least expect it. Like, money in the bank. <gasps> wrestling, shut up. We talked about... Sorry, I can't talk about wrestling anymore. <laughs> There's, like, one fan who's holding on for, like, wrestling knowledge. And they just <laughs> went... <gasps> oh. Yeah, they just bath their pants. Money in the bank! Gonna... No, no. <laughs> We're the CM Punk of wrestling podcasts. Oh, people love to hate us. They do. <laughs> so I'll be going at number five. Uh, we're going to play a couple of clips... Don't report the episode because, you know, don't be a fucking square. Be cool. That... <coughs> I can't stop coughing. I've got Milky Way stuck in the back of my throat. Um, I think it'll be all right as long as you keep it under 10 seconds or something. Then that, that's not true. Them. That's not true. Is that a lie now? That's a lie. Uh, well, we're promoting We're promoting the albums, man. We're saying these are good. Exactly. And just go stream them. Everyone's on Spotify or whatever. Just do that. Yeah, that's where these are coming from. So don't be a square. Enjoy the music we're going to play. We're going to play like the first minute or so. Get a feel for it. We're going to play Maybe. the open. Shut up. We're going to play the opening track of each album and also a favourite song from that album as well to, to get us started. So should we kick off with number five? <sighs> Go on then. Well, I need a little bit more enthusiasm. Go on then! So that is Riot by Paramore. I didn't know this was in your top five. That's exciting. And it's a lady. It is a lady. And and that's one of the reasons I kind of wanted to put it in because Riot is a fantastic album from like start to finish. Uh, It came out in 2007. So it's at the kind of tail end of the the pop punky. This was getting more into the pop rock era, I'd say. But the thing with Hayley Williams is she was kind of that. If I was a young lady, Jesse. (laughs) <laughs> I was a young lady. As you wanted to be. 
it would be cool to have this because at the time there wasn't a lot of female fronted um pop punk bands we had like ska punk and that kind of stuff but there wasn't really anything in the pop punk punk rock genre a lot of girls held on to like avril lavigne exactly who was a poser i think oh, that's what poor she avril. was a poser come on you know she died and they brought in like a doppelganger to be new avril really you're going yeah, with that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same as Paul McCartney. It's, uh, it's all online. <laughs> so it must be true. It's, uh, <laughs> I read it. It's Jesse's favourite site. It's got Aquatic Monkeys, Avril Lavigne's Suicide Murder, whatever it is. Yeah, it's all there, and it's my favourite. Um, gosh, she's still going, isn't she? That'll do, would it? <laughs> I, just put in, I just put in the background. You can stop her if you want. <laughs> I, don't want I don't like beds on podcasts. Annoying. I know you don't. I remember when we used to do the radio show together. And, it's really uh, annoying. This isn't fucking morning zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to put the beds under and I'd find the most annoying beds possible like Star Wars music and Super Mario because it would just wind you up to no end it was really annoying this is annoying as well I actually right, quite right. like this album it's still annoying right, that is annoying I hope it, bet it was annoying everyone listening if it was annoying you let us know because that awesome. was winding me up um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah we like uh, we like Paramore um, they were a bit late weren't they like 2007 by the time um, they became a big name um, they were fueled by Ramen, weren't they? Signed by them, um, who was a um, record label um, founded by Less Than Jake, I believe, but very quickly sold to Fallout Boy. Mm. And it was like a division of um, a major record label. I think that's right. I think you're right as well, Jesse. And and um, so <clears throat> Fallout Boy, Paramore. Do you remember The Academy Is? Yeah, yeah. Um, bands like that all time. came out fueled by Ramen. <clears throat> And it was sort of trendy to like Fuel by Rabbit, sort of like Fat Records. Right? Yeah, it kind and, of. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, but um, I was such a... What? 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 <laughs> you just kind of trailed you off. Were coming, you, you were somebody coming in all late. I thought there was a delay going on. Um, so, um, yeah, Fuel by Rabbit. I was such a country bumpkin that I thought it was uh, Fuel by Raymond for a long time. <laughs> That's a whole different, whole different group that you don't want to be associated with. Yeah, people everything like that uh so why do you like this album uh i think it's just from top to bottom from that opening track onwards it's just it was a breath of fresh air really and kind of like the pop punk scene because we said they came late and if it was getting a bit samey everyone was kind of doing the same shit or they're ripping off old people not old people like older bands <laughs> really shit if they're ripping off old people and, no, and it looks like they're mugging them exactly and then this was just like Nice and cool. Haley Williams had this awesome look and she had a, a nice voice to go along with it. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. So we've got kind of a bit of female-fronted pop punk and a bit of energy to it. This album actually reminds me of my first year of uni. Uh, Matthew, my good friend Matthew Steele, listening to uh, to this because he had a big... I think he had a bit of a big crush on Haley Williams. He used to watch the, the live shows. Did he? Seems like was the type. What was he doing when he watched the live shows? I don't know. Whenever I walked in the room, he just uh, quickly stood up and... He paused Don't look at me! <laughs> <laughs> he fucking loved Crush, Crush, Crush. Um, and that's another thing. Each one, there's some great singles. That's what you get. Crush, 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 Hallelujah, and Misery Business. <laughs> Hello what? Hallelujah. Hello. Hallelujah. Uh, should we have a bit of Misery Business? Yeah, I like this one. The drumming's tip-top on this, Gene. Let's have it. After this bit. <laughs> bit, <a little> bit. <laughs> Here we go. 
so sexy, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Oh. That, dr- that drumming is so good as well. It, I, it took me ages to learn it, and when I did, when you do, it feels fucking awesome to play along with. Oh, it's disbelieving. Oh, good shit. Good shit. That is. That's and, good times. And that's a song that's kind of um, not grown with the times where uh, Hayley Williams has kind of come out and said that, you know, that there's certain lyrics in it about body shaming and that kind of stuff. And it was deemed sexist and anti-feminist and all this kind of stuff. So she's... Um, <laughs> you just said You just said that like you've never said it before and you were reading it like anti-feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what the fuck is that word? <laughs> Am I nice? But they, uh, I think it was, where did I read? It was like 2018, 2019, where she said that that's going to be the last time that they really play that song because of the issues within it. So it's the best sp- one. I know. So we're in the space that well, they've, we'll get onto what they've become in a second. But yeah, their, their biggest song. And in the space of 13 years, it's become a bit of an outdated um, lyrics and, and song ideal. Which is a bit weird. Well, I still like it. Of course you do. You have no morals whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, Paramore's had this kind of weird shift. Their last album was very kind of poppy and um, yeah, just a complete direction from from where they start, which is good. You know, evolution as a as a people or whatever you are is good. But <laughs> sometimes you're talking all weird. You're talking like um, you remember the Simpsons episode, one of the Treehouse of Horrors, when. Um, the two aliens become Bill Clinton and um, the other guy. <laughs> you're, you're, talking, you're talking like them. I too like Bud Light. Or Duff Light. Boo. As a people or whatever you are. Uh, 69. So yeah, uh, Paramore. I think it's a very good album. Top to bottom. And deserves to be in the list. Good, good choice. That is solid album. Um, I remember feeling a bit into because I was seventeen when that came out, as you were, and um, it did feel like I was just a little bit too old to be buying an album like that. So I was a little bit embarrassed going into the record store. I think I sort of wedged it between two other CDs that I felt cooler buying, but um, <laughs> I'm glad I did. It was weird with that phase of music. Uh, Fallout Boy, Paramore, uh, Panic at the Disco was another one. Yeah, they were fueled by ramen, I think. Yeah, that we just we weren't really allowed to like because we'd been so hardcore punk rock for so many years that we can't really, you know, deviate from that. And I remember being at your house when Panic at the Disco's first album came out and you went, I've got something to show you. <laughs> now, don't judge me. It's a new album. And you played it, and then you just you spent. I didn't even listen to the album because you spent the next forty minutes explaining, in typical Jesse fashion, why it's good and why I shouldn't judge you for it. And, <laughs> and I went, Jesse, shut up! It's, I, it's a good album, all right. Is that typical Jesse fashion to just, just like, over-explain? Yeah, over-explain. it's fine. It's okay. It's it's good because of this. Stop looking at me. It's fine. <laughs> Just rip off my t-shirt. I got like a panic in the disco tattoo on my chest. <laughs> Love you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, Brandon Flowers. What's... No, that's not even his name, is it? That's the Yuri. guy from Killers. Yuri. Oh, they're all stupid. Brandon's a stupid name. We've killed Brandon. Stop listening. Um, <laughs> right. Am I allowed my go? Of course you are. That's how it works. Right. Number four. 
Uh, I'm starting strong, I think. I'm going with um, the band that probably introduced me to pop punk. I don't know about you, but um, this band introduced me to pop punk. They are called Blink-182. And the first album that I got properly mad about was called Enema of the State. choice jesse benz right another um lovely misogynistic song talking about a girl he can train um all right that's enough that's enough i can't talk and listen to it man um so <laughs> i think that's what it is it's not that it's like annoying so much but i just want to listen to it do you know what i mean and i'm trying to True. talk to you you're not a multitasker no it's making my head hurt my adhd goes woo um it's good. Tom DeLong's good. Mark Hoppus good. T- Travis good. Um, so this is good. So Travis Barker, for anyone who doesn't know um, who's listening to this, I've somehow got away with um, having a sort of semi-professional career in um, playing music and particularly percussion, despite having very little talent. And um, the reason I've been able to do that, I think, is because of people like Travis Barker in this band, because like he's a stunning drummer. Um, and I, I think there'll be other bands coming up later as well, where you can say this about the drummers as well. Like stunning drummer, but it's all about personality, man. It's all about how he looks on stage, how he acts, that he's enjoyable to watch. And I think that in pop punk in general, that's a really important thing, you know, like to um, to look like you're having a good time, like high energy. You can get away with being an average musician as long as you've got that charisma and got it going. And um, that's what Blink-182 are for me. And obviously they write cracking tunes as well. This was their third album um mm-hmm. but their first like m- big major label album <coughs> excuse me and um it's it's just great man it's uh, the music's tight it's overproduced but that's okay it sort of works with um, a band like blink 182 to overproduce their music and um completely auto-tuned and fixed up and sounds just sounds great the whole album and the actual the first bit i heard of this was on a snowboarding playstation one game um yeah so there was a snowboarding game on the ps1 it had two songs on the soundtrack that was it both blink songs it was um don't leave me which is track two on this album and wendy clear which i think is track 10 maybe track 11 and um both Great songs, both sung by Mark Hoppus. Neither of them are singles. They're just really, really good tunes. But I was obsessed with those two songs because they were on this snowboarding game. So I'd listen to them all the time. I had no idea who they were. And then by chance, get bought this album for my birthday or something because I liked What's My Age Again on telly. And um, they were on CBBC or something as well. That's why I like Blink. But then these two tunes right now, I didn't even know it was the same fucking band. So I lost my mind. It was brilliant. And I've loved them ever since. What a, what a mind-blowing experience that must have been for you. Right, yeah, like putting this CD on as a 11-year-old boy or whatever I was, and um, yeah, hearing those tunes that just like as B-sides almost, but they are good songs. And Dumpweed, for me, is just one of the best openings of like any album, uh, period, because 
also the Mark, Tom and Travis show opens with Dumpweed. And when that bit hits and the, you can just hear all the crowd screaming, it's just so good. And when I saw Blink in the O2, they opened with Dumpweed and I only came in my pants. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I'd love that. They're just so... Um, they, they just gossip it about them, man. Like, you can... You could criticize them all day, Blink-182. There's so much you can criticize them for with, like, they can't sing in tune. They're not particularly great musicians. But they just write great songs and they have fun doing it, man. And that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And then you mentioned about Travis kind of having this um, charisma only on stage, though. He is... Oh, yeah. He's fun as an ironing board off stage. But, like, you get him in front on behind those drums... And he is just so much fun to watch and enjoy. And it's lucky he's got, he had like Tom and Mark as kind of the front people because to have two front men with their kind of charisma and humor and just really good way to engage with the crowd is just so rare. But they absolutely nailed it. Have you read Travis Barker's autobiography? I have not. It's all about, all he talks about is how many birds he's shagged. Sorry, how many women he's shagged. Um, Hearts, please. <laughs> Uh, but like that's all that's it you're so i'm sort of reading it go oh i might he might tell me about drumming and i'll learn how to be a drummer like travis and i read it and he's like yeah then i shagged her <laughs> and then well, halfway through shagging her i climbed out a window went to this other house shagged her and oh <laughs> the whole book is just like that with a little bit about starting a band <laughs> it's like a footnote he's like oh yeah then i joined big one eight well let's be honest if you were gonna write a book come on yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah, fair enough. Travis is my idol. <laughs> you, a lot. Of, do you ever kind of wonder about that when you look back on the people who influenced us growing up and how they have actually had a predominant effect on us as adults and have no idea? So you mentioned obviously Travis was Jesse's pretty much idol growing up and, and drummed and tried to do everything that Travis did when he was drumming. Obviously, nowhere near as good. Fucking awful. <laughs> but, like, that shaped who you are as a person. Yeah, totally. That's why you do the music now. Um, it's, the re- it's the reason, like, um, yeah, it's the reason I do the music now. It's the reason I look how I do to a certain extent. I've got tattoos because Travis had tattoos. I've got my lip pierced because Travis got his lip pierced. I stretched my ears because Travis stretched his ears. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much. I had a Mohican for ages. But up until, like, a couple of months ago, I still had a Mohican. Um, because just because Travis had a Mohican and it's just it's ridiculous just patterned my whole like adolescent life over him exactly and it could have been Scott Rayner you could be looking like Scott Rayner right now I know he's a little dweeb for anyone who doesn't know Scott Rayner was the drummer before Travis he's very good as well um, but not in the same league as Travis not in the same league no 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 but yeah it, it's just mental that these people have no no idea of the effect that they have on the youth of today who would be your three? If you had to say three people that like um, that you just idolised as and tried to emulate as a child slash teenager, who would they be? Uh, I think Adam Carolla would be number one. Uh, nice. Adam Carolla is the whole reason I pursued radio and the reason I got into radio and did it. And now I, I do podcasts for a living. So he is number one. Son and who of a introduced bitch. you to him? Yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. The Jazzmeister! And then, and then second, it would probably be uh, Mark Hoppus, a, another Blink-182. He was one of the main reasons I went, oh, bass is kind of cool, and I wanted to like be so much like Mark Hoppus in terms of personality and attitude and just how he is as a person. So, yeah, I'd probably say Mark Hoppus second. And then the far-flung dream would be Edge, because I just, just want to be a rugged 
Canadian mountain man. Yeah, totally. But like, it's it's cool, isn't it? To sort of have these sort of positive role models in your life. Yeah, all my people are, are really good people. Jesse's people. Yeah, so I've got Travis Barker, obviously, we talked about that, um, who is an amazing drummer, but a bit of a shagger um and and like autistic um uh chester bennington is probably yeah. high up there because i was absolutely obsessed with lincoln park um like create we'll talk about them on another show i'm sure i'm sure um but chester bennington absolutely idolized loved that dude um and obviously we know what happened to him that didn't end great and um third um i'd, I'd probably have to say harold chipman <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's not, but I was gonna say, if we if we go a similar route of mine of a wrestling route, you, you idolise Randy Orton as well, who was... Uh, I did, yeah, Randy Orton. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so there was a wrestler called... Uh, people listening still know about wrestling, I'm sure. A wrestler called Chris Benoit, who I oh, Jesus, absolutely yeah. idolised uh, from a wrestling standpoint, and he ended up killing people and himself, so that weren't good. Next um, 10 years are looking good for you, bud. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not great, is it? But uh, but Randy Orton, as you rightly say, was like a wrestler I had um, idolized from a personality standpoint, and that's not good because he's an arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> wow, this really is kind of a psychological awakening of it does, my right? personality it actually... with yeah. those three is very accurate, and your personality with those three is very accurate. Right, it really, and you got to say, like Chester, rest in peace, we love him, but like I could find you a lot of interviews where eh, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> hmm okay so <laughs> i'm now definitely being part of having kids and or if i am i'm going to control exactly what they watch and I oh yeah no yeah to, to put them into a cult that'll sort them out that'll, that'll learn them good <laughs> uh, but anyway back to enemy of the state it was we went really deep then yeah another good thing about enemy of the state is dude ranch was such a big success as well and it was kind of like a little little platform but didn't really get them to the status and then they were so lucky that they did this follow-up album with all the small things what's my age again even adam's song to agree a uh, degree not agree degree <laughs> uh i support duff light <laughs> But, you know, to have that big of a hit afterwards, and I think all the small things, even though it's a bit overplayed and when it comes on my shuffle now, I do hit skip. Sorry, everyone. Um, it's just been played too much. Is The video of that is one of my favorite music videos because they were accused of being these sellouts and, you know, you're not punk, man. You're, you're... They were the epitome of hatred of pop punk. I think Blink were the first band to kind of have that backlash, and they still do. Band, you know, the hardcore punk bands despise Blink-182. Yeah, totally. They'll, they'll give passes to guys like Green Day and all of the rest of them, but Blink never been let in. No, no, not at all. And yeah, like you say, Dude Ranch came out, and I think it went gold, Dude Ranch. It did eventually yeah. go platinum, but like in its time, it was gold. And they were like, fuck it out. Like, well, this is as good as it's ever going to get. Let's just ride this wave. Then they made Edinburgh the state, and it was like multi platinum almost immediately. It was like fucking crazy. Exactly. What is your second song from this album you want to talk about? Um, I'll talk about it only because of the they were on that snowboarding game I was on about, and it's what um, got me into um, them. So um, Wendy Clear, I think, is a great tune, really underrated Blink-182 song. It's a shame that you picked the other one, then. Did I? <laughs> Don't leave me! <laughs> Drop me off at home. 
Oh. Right, imagine being like, imagine being like 10 years, yeah, thank you, you're learning, turn it off when I start talking. Um, <laughs> imagine being like 10 years old, right? You're playing your PlayStation, your new PlayStation that you probably got for Christmas, um, playing your PlayStation 1 that you've got for the first time, playing this little snowboarding game. Um, that music's rocking. You can smell your mum making like potato smileys <laughs> in the kitchen or something. <laughs> It was a slow pause. You could smell your mum. <laughs> I ordered those words bad. Um, pota- potato smileys are being made in the kitchen that you can smell by your mum. Is a better way to organise those words. Um, Guess what the the episode preview is going to be? Just that. Smell your Just- mum. <laughs> Uh, but it was good times. I went through that in my head before I said it as well, and I was like, this will be fine. Thanks for picking up. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> but you're right. You're right. It's, I had that kind of... <laughs> oh, I'm a professional. Okay. <laughs> it did. It had that kind of effect, and it was just like, fuck yeah. And it reminds me of like American Pie and all of those movies from this era, which is... Uh, Another top five I'd love to do. This it, it's so hard to describe those era of movies, you know, like American yeah. Pie and Euro Trip, all of those which are not Dick okay flicks. now. Dick flicks, yeah, that would do. Yeah, uh, they're sort of yeah, and again, a song called Mutt, which is also on Animal of the State, was in um, the first American Pie film, mm. and Mutt was a kind of not a single; it was just a song on that album. So I think that probably helped. It was quite a smart idea. I don't know whose idea it was, but. Um, Blink-182's management or whatever to license this snowboarding game and license American Pie but not give them the singles so that because they're good songs on their own it makes the whole album like people want it for more than just the singles that probably helped it do so well right yeah yeah I think so just try and cover as many bases as possible uh with Don't Leave Me as well I wanted to say that uh, I learned that on bass it was one of the first couple of songs I learned because it's just so much fun to play where it's just got that little little bass line at the start yeah it's awesome and funnily enough Dumpweed was um, the first song I ever learned on electric guitar yeah that's a fun one to learn yeah super easy as well but uh, you feel good like do 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 like it sounds cool and your fingers are moving quite quickly so you feel like you look awesome when you're like 13 but it's actually super simple (laughs) yeah Tumdalong was not the most complex of guitarists Uh, yeah no you say that but he had his moments weirdly one of the hardest things he plays is on cheshire cat which is like the first blink album remember m&m's yeah track two um that sort of um kind of guitar solo thing he does um in the intro to that song before mark starts singing really fucking hard it's not the song where you whenever they play it live he tells everyone to shut up because it's really complicated to play no that's what's my age again oh yeah yeah. much more simple (laughs) (laughs) Cheshire Cat is a great album. That's uh, that's one. It of my, is a great album. One of my favourites. God bless you, Scott Rayner. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's not dead. He's dead to me. He's dead to me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we should have just done a top five Blink episode. We, we would have been. Oh yeah, them. we both. Yeah, why did I put them so high on the list? Like, yeah, we do completely um, bub them for every, anyone listening. I'm sorry if you don't. Exactly. There there will be a top five coming. Yeah, oh yeah, we're bound to do that. We're going to milk this, mate. We're going to do a top five on everything in the world. There'll be top <laughs> five. Like, yeah, we're going to do it all. It's getting niche. Um, I'm up next. Hello, everyone. Number three. Uh, I feel like Jesse's going to very much disagree with this. And obviously, before we get to number one, these aren't in order. I'm not saying this is better than Enemy of the State. It is not. But 
coming up next is I'm stalling because I've forgotten where my place is on the on the track queue. Ah. But I found it, so here we go. yellow card jesse controversial Ooh. controversial i and don't like them i know and i want to get to that in a moment so i've gone for paper walls as the album like i know ocean avenue is the the main album that everyone talks about and it is a fantastic album uh, ocean avenue is great there's a couple of tracks on there that's a bit hit and miss but paper walls every single track on it is absolutely fantastic and the whole build of the album is really well put together now the problem with yellow card is they are probably the quintessential pop punk band if you're going to put air quotes around it of like this is a pop punk band yellow card would be that band but they have this reputation which jesse just alluded to by going boo and i want to <laughs> know why uh, well, I, you know what? I say I don't like them. I've never actually really listened. I've listened and to I Ocean think Avenue. this is the problem. Well, yeah. I've sort of, yeah, I've listened to it. I, I heard the single when they first came out on Kerrang! and that, and I was like, eh, it's not for me. And it annoys me that they've got a violinist, and I can't hear any violin in their songs. Well, I'm going to play you a track in Why a minute. Why is she there? I'm going to play you a track in a minute. There's, there's a lot of songs that do have the violin element that, that you will be able to hear. And I feel like Yellow Card does have that rep where they're that band you don't need to listen to them, but everyone just goes, oh, fucking Yellow Card, they suck. But, like, no one's actually listened to them or listened to some albums. You've got stuff like Ocean Avenue, Paper Walls, Lights and Sounds, all amazing albums, top to bottom, but aren't given the chance to kind of excel and be in that arena. Are they still going? No, they actually uh, ended, they kind of retired their kind of thing, and I saw them at Slam Dunk for their, like, retirement show. And they played Ocean Avenue in full. Nice. And that was like their their UK goodbye thing. So I've seen Yellow Card twice. Yellow Card were the first big (laughs) band. What? I'm just remembering that. Yeah, we're getting to that. So Yellow Card was the first big band I ever saw at like age 15 or whatever it was, where I actually traveled to a different city and and went to a a big show to go and watch them. It was uh, Yellow Card just after Lights and Sounds was released. And I was uh, accompanied by by a, a childhood friend who we're no longer in contact with. But uh, I'll let Jesse take the story from here. Well, I, weirdly, I didn't come to the gig, but I was at your house before you all set off for the gig. I'm not sure why. why. I don't know. Like I was half an hour away. I know. I probably hitchhiked with a strange man. Uh, but I don't know. I just liked being with you. <laughs> and... Um, and I know, I just sat there. I probably, your mum probably made me some food when you left and just like looked after me. Um, He'll be back soon, dear. Don't worry. <laughs> your mum's like Mrs. Weasley. Um, <laughs> I don't know how she's going to take that. <laughs> a sexy Mrs. Weasley. Carry on, Jesse. Um, and um, 
Oh yeah, it's a complete side note. Um, when I was at Max's last, it was um, just after Christmas, and I was looking at Christmas cards and that round his house, and um, the, what, what? the one from um, the one from Max's parents was signed Richard Sue. It's like, it's like you're you're so clearly the least favourite child. <laughs> So he wrote a card to your own son and signed it, Richard and Sue. The R and S next. But um, but yeah, that was really funny. But anyway, um, I was um, yeah, at yours. We were like fifteen. All um, your little friends turned up to go to Yellow Card. I probably just didn't go because I decided I hated them and actually missed out on a lovely night, like with friends. But um, just these Kevin- bits held them back from so many invitations. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin turned up, who lived in the village with you, and um, it was pop punk mania. Green Day was a big thing at the time, so he turned up. He was, "I'm going to dress like Green Day. This feels awesome. It's my first big gig." So he turns up. But bearing in mind, Kevin's about six foot five as a fourteen year old, <laughs> like blonde he's, hair, and um, he's like, "Yeah, blonde hair, really tall bloke." Turns up, he's got a black shirt on and a red tie, trying to look like Billy Joe from Green Day, and also this <laughs> this armband on his. Um, his bicep or where the bicep should be you know um and um it's got the anarchy symbol on it so we found this sort of punk maybe it was a sweatband that you just pulled up all the way to the top no it came but like was, that did it oh right was it attached to the this shirt was from cult clothing in Cheltenham. yeah yeah ah okay and um so he turned up with this anarchy sort of wristband on at this time and he looked like a member of the third reich like he was <laughs> <laughs> He looked like a neo-Nazi with his, like, blonde hair, like, perfectly is, combed as well. Like, yeah, his no, the problem with Kevin is he used to have, like, blonde crew-cut <laughs> hair with it spiked up, bright blue eyes, and he wore this black shirt with a red armband and a logo on it. <laughs> and we were going to central Birmingham with him dressed like this. And because he didn't quite get it, right? So, like, he's yeah, he's looking like that. And, like, you could have got probably got away with it if you wore it properly, like you know punky but because of the way he was he probably he put it on and like tucked his shirt in and made sure the tie was absolutely perfect and stuff like that <laughs> my uniform is clean and ready to go exactly oh it was funny so i was quite glad i wasn't going to birmingham with you after seeing kevin i just stayed with your mum. <laughs> it was just a wise choice yeah it, it uh it went well it went well but uh yeah that was kind of my first gig and lights and sounds kind of had that into- so i'm just picturing nuts you know when you over exaggerate <laughs> stuff in your head yeah yeah yeah. and i'm just picturing him goose stepping into the mosh pit he was his legs were so long for goose stepping as well <laughs> take out everyone <laughs> uh, i got punched in the nose at that gig that was the first time i experienced that kind of gig you got for what? Deliberately by someone? I don't know. Like, because uh, our friend Holly was there who, like, Kevin had a crush on. Oh, yeah, on. she was fit. Yeah. She was. Yeah, that. yeah. And then we were in the mosh pit together and, like, someone grabbed her, so I pulled her back. And then I just got a punch in the nose. It was such a white knight. Yeah. I didn't deserve the punch in the nose, though. Come on. I saw, um, <laughs> this isn't really related, but um, someone tweeted, um, the other day um you might have seen it it sort of went semi-viral <laughs> someone tweeted um a girl she said i shaved my pussy before i went to see um, one direction live when i was 14 years old what the hell did i think was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> which might be my new favorite it. tweet oh glorious glorious uh so <laughs> yellow card yes fantastic album paper walls all I'm asking is for people to give them a chance. Like, we always have this discussion of the top five, top ten pop-punk bands, best albums. 
And this stuff gets like mentioned in conversation, but not fully. And Jesse, I'm going to give you uh, an example of a little bit of a violin chucked in there as well. Needed some time so I could find a little strength to redefine what I've become, what I have done. I never asked to be the one. hear that i hear that it's going all over the place he's a madman it's yeah fair play it's uh yeah that sounded all right i like the sound of that what album's that on uh that's paper walls the, the album i'm talking about oh yeah all right yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> um all right nice um when you went to this yellow card gig uh, yes. did your dad like sit in a car outside when you were all doing it or whoever took you yes um <laughs> that's really cute it is cute isn't it yeah they drove us up to birmingham and i think they walked around like ikea or something for like... <laughs> and then they picked us up after. and then so there was cool. uh remember on the game till five episode i talked about my abused friend who got beaten while i played aladdin yes we know we both know well yes well him and Kara came to the gig as well but because uh, their parents didn't love them they took the train So that, that's exactly that's exactly what like if you knew their families, that's exactly what would have happened as well. Like exactly. I'm really glad that happened. That's funny. I love that your parents walked around IKEA while you were at your first gig. That's so punk. My pop punk gig. I know. <laughs> and I had my uh, my knuckles the echidna style hair at the time, so I'd like yeah, the, yeah. the spikes down down my face, but still had my little bonnet behind it. Face change look. <laughs> It was good. You looked adorable. Punk rock, man. You look like, um, yeah, you did like sort of Knuckles the Echidna. Imagine if they put Knuckles the Echidna's hair on Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you look like. So many people across the world are going, oh, oh that's what you look like. Yeah, that's good. Good times. <laughs> oh. Oh. Take, take us to number two before we get into our fiery debate. All right. So um, ah. I'm. I'm putting this one in. So this is actually my favourite band in the world, but I'm putting this album at number two because I want my number one to be a more mainstream album that more people know because I want to win the vote again. So, so that's why... So there's um, real honour in this top five that we do. <laughs> that's my politics here. Um, but this is uh, my number two. This is by a band called Descendants. Um, this is an album that came out in 1996 and it's called Everyone, Everything Sucks. <laughs> Everything sucks today. That fucking changed. No, like, exaggeration. That's the first... This is the first Descendants album I ever heard. It's far from their first album, but it's the first one I heard. And um, that changed my fucking life, hearing that. I never heard music that angry, yet that, like, relatable and melodic at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so... Yeah, this is the debate. This is... 
we were having this discussion this morning where it's like descendants as a band from a from an audio perspective you would hear them and go they're punk rock right i suppose yeah like i I think you would like if you hear everything sucks it's like yeah fucking let's go yeah, it's just but, like that, Max. Yeah, it's just like that. It's, uh, I know. <laughs> Let's hear the comparison. <laughs> yeah, 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 fucking yeah. go. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we fall in love with it all over again. <laughs> but the lyrics of, like, Descendant songs are the basis of what pop punk became. Yes. Um, they're often credited with being, like, the godfathers of pop punk. And I think that's because they were the first band the first punk band to sort of write love songs. I mean, that's not true. Mm. The Ramones wrote love songs, but um, they're widely um, they're widely credited for writing pure love albums. You know, like they, they didn't really do any politics until the last few years, really. Um, Ought to be you? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit on there, maybe. But uh, that was 2006, you know, they didn't yeah, go exactly into 1979. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, everything sucks. Um, I've got Blink-182 again to thank um, for falling in love with my favourite band of all time, The Descendants, because off the back of loving Enema of the State, this is a nice link, um, I bought the Urethra Chronicles, which was a DVD that Blink-182 did, just kind of like a documentary of them on the road and um, interviewing them and stuff. They interview Tom DeLonge and ask him who his favourite bands are. And the first band he says is The Descendants. And I'm like, ah, well, if Tom DeLonge has said The Descendants are his favourite band in the world, um, or like the first one that came to his head, that means I need to get involved. So I found Everything Sucks um, in Martian Records, which was a record shop in Cheltenham, which is sadly no longer open, but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was. And um, found Everything Sucks. And yeah, it was just amazing. Just it completely changed my life. Just the every song is brilliant. The lyrics, like it sounds so lame when you talk about it like this, doesn't it? But the like, it feels like it was written just for me. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like the lyrics are like, like this guy knows exactly what I'm going through, and he doesn't because like what I'm going through in like Middle England um, at school and stuff is probably completely different to what he was going through in America, like twenty years previous. You know, I'm, I'm hearing it um, like almost ten years after this album came out, and almost thirty years since the band formed, and yet it's just it just feels like it was made for me. He knew what was going on, just amazing and the drumming just every instrument is played beautifully as well stunning musicians in this band um just so frantic and frenetic but incredible just like it's like um g like watching um a genius at work do you know what i mean within this genre it doesn't get better for me than the descendants yeah and and i 100 percent agree this is um jesse introduced me to descendants i'll get that in before he before yeah he pounces on it and same for me they they have become like my quintessential favorite band um and you and me go see them all the time whenever they're in the uk we send them what three times now which doesn't sound like a lot but descendants rarely tour so that's fucking impressive for us to see them three times ever since we discovered the descendants which was like mid 2000s we've seen them every time they've been in england yeah which I think adds another step, another step on. And Everything Sucks as an album, uh, I, I've got it on uh, on the old vinyl collection and I like whacking it on on a Sunday because every single song is so fucking good. This album is, what, 30 minutes long? Yeah, if that. And they just hit after hit, they just knock it out. There's a couple of songs over two minutes and that's about it. And it, it's just a brilliantly put together album for, for what they did. And this was... 
Was this the album that they did when they kind of had their little reunion, like after yeah. all and stuff? Yeah, so this is cool. So Descendants formed in 1978, I think, um, maybe 79. Uh, first album in 82 called Milo Goes to College. Um, and they did um, a couple of albums, um, although there were breaks sort of. So their next album was 85 after that, three years. That's quite a gap, you know, for a young band like this. And it's because Milo did actually go to college because he studied, he's like, this is the singer. Um, He's passionate about biochemistry. And um, so he was kind of doing all that at the same time as the band. And then in 1990, he got a job, like a proper high paying, amazing job as a biochemist doing something about plant DNA and stuff. And he was like, right, got to jack it in then. So the rest of Descendants formed a new band called All which you can tell is a pre-internet band name because that's fucking difficult to Google. <laughs> and um, they and they brought in like other singers. And they did all right, um, but it was there was something missing. Like it's just not Descendants. And then six years later, in nineteen ninety six, Milo comes back and goes, "Fuck it, let's um, do an album." Did this album? Everything sucks. And because in the time they'd been away, they'd sort of got this cult status because these other pop punk bands were coming up, like your Bling on eighty twos, your Green Days, your Offsprings, whatever were sort of getting um, famous and crediting Descendants as their influence. It was like their major influence. So people were discovering Descendants, even though they weren't around. So they went, fuck it, let's cash this in. So Milo comes back, they release Everything Sucks. All of a sudden, they're touring the world. They're playing Redden and Leeds and all this shit, which is nothing like what they did in the 80s. But Milo still loves um, chemistry. Yeah, he fucks off again. Yeah, so after this album and one big like major um, world tour, he just goes back to science. And then they don't do another album until 2006. Yeah, 10, ten whole years, years later. later. And yeah. then, and, but the great thing about Descendants is, so everything sucks. They kind of got together, put out this amazing album, fucked off for 10 years. And then they released Cool To Be You, which is another incredible album. Yeah. Which I found out they actually only kind of did as a favour to Fat Mike because Fat Mike's uh, from No Effects, his favourite band in the world was Descendants. Um, and he wanted his like life's ambition was to release a Descendants album on his label on Fat Records. So and because he like was asking them so badly for it, they were like, all right, chill. <laughs> we'll do an album and you can release it. It's fine. And that's what Cool To Be You was because they never toured Cool To Be You. They made the yeah. album, but they never gigged really around that time. And it wasn't until 2011 that they started gigging again regularly. Yeah, which is when we got the the little treat of seeing them. Yeah. So yeah, I we both bang on about Descendants way too much than we should to people, and you get that kind of glossed over look on their face. But you just want people to sit down and listen to it. And They're completely life changing. And I don't know if people will take the same kind of thing from it that we do, but. You just want every, it's one of those bands you just want everyone to hear, but you have to catch it at the right time, I think. Because, like, I heard them when I was 30 years old or something, yeah. And it's like that is the perfect age to hear because when Descenders released their first album, they were like 15, 16 years old, they were disgusting, yeah, crazy young dudes. But as a result, like, their anger. And their humour, their anger, everything in their songs um, is coming from the, a very similar place to a 13-year-old boy as well. So I was listening to it, fucking hell, like no band was speaking to me like that because they were essentially my age when they released their first album. And it's, yeah, it's just incredible. But you do have to be that age, I think. I think if I heard Descendants for the first time as a 30-year-old man, I'd have a different opinion of them. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. But... I don't know. Maybe that's not true. I don't, I don't know. It's well, now you play him hyper, hyper caffeine spasinate, which is 
the album they've just released after another 10 year gap. Yeah. And then that's uh, about Milo being older and him, you know, not enjoying his job and his career and wanting to sack that off and have fun and just do what he wants. So I feel like there's just periods of descendants, which just yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm wrong. Um, Descendants rule, no matter what age you are. Listen to them! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From this album, obviously, Everything Sucks, which we just played as such a massive hit into an album. We were just like, here we fucking go. And then you got the singles, which was I'm the One, and uh, the other one that Jesse wanted to play, the second one, When I Get Old, which is, to me, a really beautiful song. And I would love for, because you do all the folky shit, like a folky shit cover of this would be amazing. Yeah, man, I'll get on it. Um, but uh, I want to do that. Actually, I want to do more folky covers of amazing punk songs because I feel like you don't actually see that all that much. Um, yeah. But I also want to do the flip side. You know what no one's ever done? It's taken. There's a lot of cracking, angry, <clears throat> um, traditional folk songs out there um, that would sound amazing as punk songs, and no one's ever given them the punk treatment. So someone needs to do that. Do some a switch amazing- Do one album where you do the switch. Each yeah, time. nice. You clever boy. I might do I that. Know. But um, this is uh, when I get old. So imagine this uh, with a kind of folky cover to it. <laughs> Sorry, I just ended up listening to that then. Yeah, man, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's just so good. Imagine being like 13 years old and hearing that and going, what will I be like when I get old? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it really feels like it's part of you. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm not going to be like other grown-ups. This is awesome. It was just, all their songs do that to me. Yeah, and, and that album in particular just hits every single note because you've got the funny stuff in there as well when you're talking about like coffee mug and all that kind of shit. Um, but then you've got really beautiful songs like that in there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all lush. And Milo Goes to College, their first album, if no one's heard it, should. Because that's like the Sergeant Peppers of Descendants. It's the quintessential album that's awesome. Just amazing, amazing stuff. But um, this being the first one I heard, I have a real soft spot for it. Very, very good. Very good, Jesse. I 100% agree with you. We love Descendants. Yes. But now it's not about what we love. It's about competing. Oh, we're on your number one already. We are. Time flies nice. when you're, when you're talking about great. what you like. Right, I'm happy. <laughs> you just want to talk about bands all evening, don't you? <laughs> let's just talk about, yeah, let's go through every, let's dissect every Descendants song and talk about why it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's an episode for another day, my dear. <laughs> we could do, um, they, they have for anyone who isn't, they've got like a three second song called All, where all they do is shout, All, with a bit of drums and guitar behind it. I reckon I could do a whole podcast on why that's an amazing song. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have like sub podcasts of Jesse Presents. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would like that. But no, now we've got to get serious. I hate you, you hate me. We're battling for this number one slot. I will be a two time champ 
two-time chap, two-time chap, <laughs> and there's the mute button again. Oh, I'm going to enjoy that. No, don't use it. Don't control. I've got to walk. Oh, where? You're in your house. <laughs> I'll walk out the room. <laughs> um, this is an interesting one. I'm not going to reveal why it's interesting, but I know Jesse's number one. And this is uh, an interesting competition we're about to have, isn't it, dear Jesse? It's um, unexpected. And, unexpected. Um, yeah, but there we go. I don't think I like going first because whoever goes last just gets to talk for the longest and bring people around to their point of view. And stays in the memory when people go, yeah, I've just listened to that podcast. It's good. I think I'll go vote on that Twitter poll for that Jesse guy. He seems all right. He seems all right. He seems like a sound geezer. (laughs) So remember, two weeks time uh, before the next episode drops, there will be a poll on our Twitter page, Got Till Five, uh, where you can vote for the number one pop punk album of all time use the hashtag gt5 to join in the conversation in between that to have a little friendly debate but you've gone boring nope i've got to do it jesse <laughs> why is that your new thing <laughs> it's funny isn't it funny when you say you've gone boring i like what you've been doing on twitter at the moment where you're just harassing people saying is everything okay at home <laughs> yeah, that's funny yeah. like they can't <laughs> race to that I know. Yeah, whenever anyone, whenever I see anyone get really angry on Twitter, I just ask them if everything's all right at home. And it seems to sort of, they tend to ignore it. <laughs> but other people um, seem to like it. But you know it hurts them inside. So, yeah. um, quintessential pop punk album. I'm going with the 1994 classic Green Day, Dookie. Oh, I love it so much. It is awesome. I love this album. And talking about drummers earlier, like Travis Barker, Trey Cool is another of those drummers that I fucking idolised as a kid because um, of how much fun he looks like he's having. You can't take his eyes off him. He's behaving like a front man, despite being a drummer and that sort of stuff. Any aspiring drummers out there that want to get noticed, just watch him and perform like him. It's amazing. I wonder what your life would have turned out if you idolised Trey versus Travis. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably be a better person. Probably. Yeah, but I didn't. Hey-ho. Here we are. Um, So Dookie, okay, opens up with that track, (laughs) Burnout. I don't know. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to talk more so I don't get to talk about Dookie. (laughs) No, I'm not. And then you're going to come over with yours. It's bullshit, Bullshit. It's bullshit, mate. Come on, give me your Dookie. Uh, you actually agreed with me earlier when we were having this argument over Facebook Messenger. I, I put my point across and you went, yeah, okay, fair point. I, so, was, just lull- I was just lulling you in this false sense of security so I could destroy you now. So uh, Dookie's an album came at a very... <laughs> oh, very profound! <laughs> I have a mute button and I will use it. Dookie is an album. <laughs> Fucking cunt. <laughs> oh, I got bleeped out, haven't I? Um... <laughs> So Dookie what, came... what? What, we're bleeping swears now? No, remember we always used to bleep cunt whenever we said it because it was funnier. Oh, yeah, okay. Cunt! Okay, yeah, beep him. Cool. Thank you. Um, fuck, what was I saying? Dookie came at a very important time because this was... Grunge had been so explosive and huge in America. Kurt Cobain killed himself. Sad cry Did cry. <laughs> Apparently. Not a murder at all. Um, so Kurt Cobain's dead. The... 
grunge genre is dead and there's lots of angsty <laughs> teens who are like, give me something more. And then Green Day had kind of a good following and they did you know pretty well on Kaplunk and stuff. They sold a good bunch of albums. Kaplunk is fantastic, by the way. But then they came out with Dookie, which was this hard-hitting but fun lyrics, but also kind of like rebellious angle to it. And uh, the teens of America went, yeah, this is all right. We, we can get behind us. And without the Green Day Dookie album, we would not be talking about any of the other pop punk that came after it. The Sum 41s, the Blink 182s, the Bouncing Souls, all of that kind of shit wouldn't exist. No screeching weasel, no nothing, Jesse, without this mainstream success of the Dookie. Why do you always bring up? You always put Bouncing Souls in that list. When you I don't know why. It, it I, just love, came, I love the Bouncing Souls, they're, but they're, they're a far punk from band. like they're a punk band. Yeah, yeah, they're far from like one of the big mainstream ones either. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I panic when I talk. Okay, <laughs> I panic when I talk. <laughs> but uh, great album, uh, great band, Bouncing Souls, aren't they? Yeah, they're great. Um, oh. How I Spent My Summer Vacation is a wonderful album. And recently, uh, it's like their most famous song on Spotify, so I must have missed something because I never actually heard it before. Um, they got a song called Lean On Sheena. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's massive. It's been listened to like over a million times on Spotify compared to their other stuff, which hasn't. But great song. Why did I miss that? What happened? I don't know. I thought everyone knew that. Right, yeah, not me. This is but, the wallet yeah, incident yeah. all over again. <laughs> it is. But um, but no, I like it. I like that song a lot. Lena Sheena. She leads on me a lot. Yeah, nailed it, Jesse. Hold on, hold so on. So the amount of singles that came out of Dookie, uh, Longview was the first one that came out, followed by Basket Case, which ended up being the most successful. And if you ever turned on Kerrang, it seemed to be on every other song. Like Yeah, the with Billy Joe's beautiful green eyes. Oh, glistening with the God, pink masks gorgeous sexy yeah. boy welcome to paradise fantastic when i come around and she you know five singles that were fucking great when i come around when i come around was weird do you remember the music video for that one with the kind of uh they're just, they're just walking around yeah yeah right. so that right inexplicably because mike dern the bass player of green day has looked about 60 years old since he was 12 right yeah with his weird wrinkly face and then he looks like he looks like now i think about it he sort of looks like a punk rock gordon ramsay but um <laughs> he but randomly in the music video for when i come around he looks all young and fresh-faced and beautiful and but it came after a bunch of stuff where he looked wrinkly and then he went wrinkly again and i yeah. don't know how it happened we we don't we don't understand, and now he looks quite youthful. And I classify as when I come around a kind of preview of what they would end up doing 10, 20 years in the future. So maybe there's some uh, time travel going on there, Jesse. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe. something's going on. Maybe. Mike Dern's face and Cameron Diaz's boobs in the mask—they're the two um, things that will haunt me to my dying day on the timeline of how that worked. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a running list of things that are going to disturb you. <laughs> And I, I just, I don't think there's any way that we can, this was such an iconic album. Like it, It's one of those albums that is just known and, and people like it. Rolling Stones placed it in their 500 greatest albums of all time. Not just pop punk, but the greatest albums of all time. It's in that do you list. Mean, do you mean Rolling Stone, the magazine? Yes. Because you just said Rolling Stones, like the bat, like Mick Jagger oh, throws on Dookie of a weekend. <laughs> just Mick Jagger being like, one of the 500 <laughs> best. <laughs> check out my moves um, 
And also a, a fun little Max fact with this album. I my, hate Max facts. Oh, everyone loves them. It's, it's almost as good as Nicky facts or Nicky's news. Nicky's news. Yeah, but Max facts sort of rhymes. That's cool. Max facts. Yeah, we can make it a thing. Yeah. Uh, Dookie was um, one of the first albums I ever ever heard. Like ever. Because it was You're not that cool. No, no, I am. This is like the one cool <laughs> thing I have. Let me have this. So go on, how'd that happen? Did you my older brother were they, were they playing it in the ballet class or something? <laughs> no, my, my oldest oldest brother, he he was ten years older than me, so he was fourteen when this album came out. And he he had this album in in his room and I'd kind of go in and he had a weird collection. He had like Green Day, Macy Gray, like all the weird 90s shit that people listen to, but he had Dookie and I really liked the cover art of it because it was all cartoony and explodey. So I'd be like, oh, let me listen to this. Let me listen to this. And like age four, he'd put it on and it was just noise. And I went, that's <laughs> cool. Like that. Didn't understand the lyrics or anything that was going on, but like I'd always go in his room and be like, play the, play the bomb album. And uh, yeah, I'd listen to, to Dookie. So that album, may, maybe it shaped me, Jesse. Maybe that was like my early development years. And that's why I'm so obsessed with pop punk and all this shit now. Maybe it was. I remember when I first met you, you told me your favorite band in the world was Seven Dust. Well, yeah, we, we grow and evolve as we, as we change. Who the fuck is Seven Dust? <laughs> <laughs> See, I was a hipster dick before being a hipster dick was cool. I know nothing about them. I, I, I remember their name purely because you told me they were your favorite band, as if like, and you said it all casually, like, like, like they were up there with Lincoln Park. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, who the fuck is Seven Dust? I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get some messages of Seven Dust are amazing, man. You will. I've, I've gone back and listened to them recently to try and see if I can rekindle my youth. They're, they weren't good. Oh, really? That's a shame. Yeah, um, were, I went back. Who did I go back to? Do you remember I used to love a band called Static X? Yes, with the yeah. creepy hair. Yeah, yeah, that hasn't aged well. He died a couple of years ago. Did he? Yeah, died of a, um overdose. His girlfriend died um, like a year before, I think. Yeah. Yeah, not, not a good ending for that band. <laughs> Just for plugging that story in there. So back to Dookie. Um, made Green Day what they are now. It's one of the most successful albums of all time. It gets listed constantly in the greatest albums ever written. Not just Rolling Stone, Jesse. A whole bunch of people say it as well. It's named after Pooh. It is named after Pooh, which is ironic because it's great. <laughs> Kaplunk is kind of Pooh as well, isn't it? They wanted to... Um, hang on, what was it? Uh, yes, so here's a, here's a fun fact about your Pooh joke, Jesse. Your Pooh joke. Max. So the name of the album is a reference to the band members who were often suffering from diarrhea, which they referred to as Liquid Dookie. And they wanted to call the album that, but uh, they said it was too gross, so they just went with Dookie in the end. How delightful. Hey, that was a good fucking fact. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. We haven't really done facts, have we? We've just gone, I like this! <laughs> oh, interesting. What? What now? Stop just oh. reading stuff. You're doing a show. <laughs> no, this is for me. Fuck them. I like this. Like, <laughs> no. So, you know, the back cover, it's got all of like the taking a live show and there's a picture of um, Ernie from Sesame Street, right? Yeah, yeah. On the back of it. I think that's on the Canadian European ones. So it was removed in later dates because parents thought that Dookie was kind of a child lullaby album and um, the Jim Henson company 
had been involved with like the Green Day Productions. They actually had to remove Ernie from the back cover because parents were getting confused because American parents are idiots. Oh dear, that's a shame. This is the same country that's had to ban Kinder Eggs because kids didn't understand that um, the plastic bit inside wasn't a bit you ate. Exactly. So really, they're doing themselves a favor, really, just thinning out the stupid. I think so. Yeah. We probably shouldn't insult the Americans. They're like 80% of our listeners. Yeah, we love you guys. Hey, uh, hey, Americans with your Texas barbecue. (laughs) I don't know what they do. (laughs) Um, uh, Have you got songs for this to play? I've got got one. My personal favorite. Probably should have played Basket Case, but fuck you, Jesse. I do what I want. not to sing along yeah and that is Ooh. a good song another thing that i love about old green day and it's a bit like sad but um uh, the harmonies between um billy joe and mike dern um my all mike dern does is hit like a third um just above i think um billy joe's singing and it just works man it all it just almost sounds folky in a weird way do you know what i mean like the yeah. way they um harmonize together and like in that song, it sounds great. Um, it's just, yeah, their voices just suit each other so well together. I've no idea what Mike Dirt sounds like singing on his own. I don't think he's ever done anything like that, has he? But um, He has on, I think it was East Jesus Nowhere on 21st oh, Century yeah. Breakdown. He sings a kind of verse and a chorus. And yeah, he just sounds like any other pop punk Californian singer. Okay, well that's all right. That's better than being bad. Yeah, and um, yeah, but his, his harmony, um, his harmonies with um, Billy Joe um, are spot on. They sound great. How long into owning a Dookie album did you realize that there was a hidden track by Trey Cool at the end? Um, because I was quite late in life. Well, I wish I could say it was a while, but it was quite quick because you know what I was like when I was a kid. I had to listen to stuff all the time. Like I couldn't sleep to silence. I still can't sleep to silence. I have to listen to stuff all the time. So as a result, I'd have albums on constantly like when i'm just lying in bed trying to keep the demons at bay and um it and um, this would be one of them so you can imagine like, i discovered it quite quickly but it scared the almighty piss out of me i was all by myself yeah thought the album was over then that shit kicks in i'm lying there in the dark all by myself <laughs> <laughs> and then trey comes out of your speakers <laughs> yeah exactly not good not Robbie good williams used to do it as well who did Robbie Williams. Oh, Robbie in, Williams. Lot, I you said Robin Robbie Williams. <laughs> Hello, it's me. <laughs> just pop up on other people's albums. <laughs> <laughs> just pop out shit. He still does. Maybe he's haunting them. Maybe, maybe. So that's that's my number one. I think Dookie is the quintessential, overall arcing granddaddy of them all pop punk albums that launched the nineties and early two thousands. And without Dookie, there wouldn't have been anything else. Okay. Happy you. 
Okay, uh, my number one, um, which, I mean, it's Descendants, really, let's be honest, but I want to go... This is political, because I want to get my... Um, I want to get my two-time votey thing. So, here we go. I'm with Green Day and all, but sure. I'm going... Ten years later, I'm going for American Idiot. I got the non-sweary version. What a puss. What a little bunder. <laughs> um, I, I do like it when I, when I say an album. I like this layout you've done. So I say the album and then you hit the first track and it's like, yeah, energy. That's awesome. But so it is slightly lost when I hear you fumbling around, <laughs> pressing, trying to press the right thing before it actually comes up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they um, won't anyway. hear that they won't hear that that's just for oh, you and me baby out, yeah nice yeah just like american idiot yeah let's go okay you just click so i know what you're all thinking oh max is just talking about dookie and dookie was the album that made everyone love green day and it's more important it's big it's like yes but American Idiot, like, how many bands have done this? They compl- they just came back, like, 10 years later after people had stopped giving a shit about Green Day for a good few years before this, and they whack out this album that just fucking storms it. It's amazing. And people, it was so big. I love this. It was so big that people were accusing Green Day of selling out. And it's like, how the fuck have they sold out? They're just doing exactly what they've always done, just really fucking well. And people are buying it because it's amazing. That's not selling out. Like selling out is when you change your style to make money. They didn't do change their style at all. They just um, whacked this album out. America hated it at first um, and then got on board later, but it gave them a massive following in Europe because of all the American idiot stuff. Just top to bottom, an amazing concept album, beautifully written, um, super ambitious for pop punk music. And just, I think, genre-defining as well. Like, if And if you're our age, um, you remember when this came out. And there's definitely a before American Idiot by Green Day added after. This sort of, this changed um, music for me and what I knew I was into. I think it did. I think this is one of those albums that we can safely look back on now and say, it, it's one of those iconic albums when we're older, we're going to be like, oh, this this was a game changer. and And to be kind of, a part of that history where an album comes out and it is that the start of the rock against Bush stuff and the the political bands coming out and, you know, fuck the Iraq war and all that kind of stuff. American idiot was the start of all of that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it had been happening before. Like we yeah, had, had no like, war and religion. And, yeah. 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 Um, like all these bands that had always been political and always that. And green day was a kind of CBB's introduction to bad religion and no effects and stuff like that. But it got us there. Jesus, I wouldn't love like bands like that now if it wasn't for this album. And I just think it's so important for that reason. It's It's got us, it's arguably out of pop punk and into the more serious punk that we hold dear to our hearts today and don't feel stupid about when we tell people how much we love it. 
Yeah. So yeah, this this album, iconic, great. Also, they followed up with uh, Bullet in the Bible, the live show at Milton Keynes. Yes, one of the best um, live gigs I've ever seen. I Behind think. Robbie Williams live at Nebworth, we all know. We all know Robbie Williams. Right, anyone who has any who thinks Robbie Williams is shit, go watch Robbie Williams live at Nebworth. It's a DVD. You could probably get it for 10p off Amazon or something. Um, it's fucking amazing. It's one of the best live gigs I've ever seen, just musically to just performing. Everything's amazing. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> and Bullet, yeah, Bullet, oh, fuck. Now I'm just thinking of Robbie. <laughs> I get all tongue twisted on it. Yeah, Bullet in the Bible was a great, follow-up in terms of this live his this performance that showed because green day as much as you want to criticize them are a fucking good live band like billy joe is a front man he studies the greats and he takes a bit from every single person and you mentioned trey earlier how good he is as a front man and then there's mike you know it's great it's great (laughs) (laughs) as well (laughs) yeah mike's good i talked about his lovely harmony he's got some of it Exactly, you know, he stands all proper. And from a personal level, this album, <laughs> American Idiot, um, we started a band off the back of this. We did, you and me, and um, a lovely chap called Aaron, who got married not long ago. Ah, um, he's got a baby as well. Um, he sold out. <laughs> um, but us three started a band called Cyanide, which um, I still, it actually it makes um, uh, Bobby laugh, because I talk about... Um, I still talk about cyanide like it was like this amazing, like this thing. So you know how like in old punk documentaries, like you see a documentary on the Sex Pistols and you'd see an interview with Malcolm McLaren and he'd be like, yeah, so um, the whole punk thing happened and um, our lives were changed. I was like that with cyanide. When people ask me about the music <laughs> I do and stuff, I'd be like, yeah, so when I was 15, the whole cyanide thing happened. And that's, as I'm sure you know, um, and nothing was ever quite the same after that. But like, Jesse's <laughs> released albums. Jesse's had like genuine success with a band, but like <laughs> Cyanide for some reason. Cyanide is like I feel like it was my peak. Resonate. But yeah, we were like that was your we age 15. sixteen. That was your happiest moment. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was it was amazing being at school and being in a band like that. We were basically a Green Day ripoff band. Um, was brilliant. I think we played three gigs. It's probably more than three or four gigs, and uh, they were all right. It was because of our name, because <laughs> uh, um, we were metal called... band. Yeah, well, that's it. Because we were called Cyanide, we used to get booked with metal bands who didn't hear us. So, like, there'd be these metal bands from the Forest of Dean, like playing um, this like screamy shit. They were like, "Okay, it's Cyanide." It was, Ugh. and then we'd mince onto stage. <laughs> we are the intonation. Yeah, exactly. It's like here's a. Here's a Green Day cover, guys. And um, yeah, they didn't like it. Rock the house every single time. <laughs> uh, but like we used to literally, uh, our warm up for band practices, we'd play American Idiot, Jesus of Suburbia and Holiday. Like every single time we just played the, the first three tracks of the album straight away. And Jesus of Suburbia is a great warm up. It's great. It's like 12 minutes long or something stupid. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a good warm up. But um, yeah, great. Um, great album, <laughs> Cyanide, great band, and um, <laughs> changed the game for a lot of people. I mean, um, yeah, it's the real number gigs, one. Like those gigs we played in Watson Hall in Tewkesbury, um, <laughs> people still talk about them to this day. And um, 
but but yeah, American idiot. I know what's going to happen with this fucking vote. People are going to vote for Dookie. I know they fucking are because you're all hipster pricks and you're like, oh, that's like the early one, man. That's like the cool one. Whereas if this vote had happened back in 1994 and it was between Kaplunk and Dookie or something, everyone would vote for Kaplunk just because it's the older one and you view it as the less popular. So I everyone's mean, going to vote for Dookie, but go with your fucking hearts, people. You know, know American man. idiot I, is I a better album. Like Dookie, I think will have that kind of resonation with the hipster dicks but american idiot was so iconic for the little pop punky emo kids like this yeah, was, so. it was it was okay to wear eyeliner it was okay to you know rage against the machine man they it's- cornered the market green day was so fucking smart like i don't know if it was on purpose or not but like, you watch bullet in a bible and it sums it up right so like you say like eyeliner's cool now um sort of punk but they've still got the old school punks. So you've got like these proper old school Camden punks with like Mohicans and stuff who like Green Day. You've got teeny popper little fan girls who love Green Day. You've got people like us who like Green Day. They just, everyone, everyone loved Green Day. I love that we're in the middle of Camden punks and teeny popper little girls. <laughs> it's perfect. Mike and Jesse exactly. right in the middle. <laughs> I think that's really accurate. I that think it is accurate, that. actually, yeah. That works. Yeah, that, that works perfectly. <laughs> oh, I don't know whether to be happy or sad right now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, American Idiot, it's, and as you say, it, it's a story. It's a whole concept album. It, it's a brilliant thing from start to finish, but you can also take individual songs. They released American Idiot, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Holiday, and Wake Me Up When September Ends, which uh, I think is a fitting finish to the show. Down, isn't it? Oh, well, no, but hang on. Like you just said, oh, this is a nice way to finish this. I chose this, you absolute bitch. And there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why I did. So this song, stop playing it. Like, I thought you wanted me to get to the the middle bit. Oh, okay. But oh, get no, gone no. now. No. Fuck uh, you. Uh, right, fine. But this that song, right? I know it was a bit overplayed when it was released as a single, but that is a fucking masterpiece of a song. It's written about... Um, it's a combination of Billy Joe's dad dying in September and 9-11 happening in September, both not fun. So he um, combines like those two things and talk, sort of like references them both in the song, which is lovely, beautiful song. But also, I would credit that song with getting me... Like, bridging me into acoustic music, which is how I've um, done most of my music career has been through acoustic stuff 
And it's because of songs like that or like bands like Green Day that I absolutely loved when I was a teenager, acousticing it up a bit. And you could say like Time of Your Life is definitely a song that will be in there as well for that reason. Um, but taking that acoustic guitar and just showing that you can be a sort of fun, awesome pop punk character and do songs like that and do them fucking well. So that song is just everything to me. It's awesome. Uh, no, I agree. Like I, when I first clicked play and I heard that do, 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 I was like, oh, fuck's sake. But yeah, man, it's lovely. Once you, no, I meant oh, for fuck's sake in a bad way. But once you start listening. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was listening, I was like, oh, yeah, this is such a brilliant song. But you're right, it did get really overplayed. But when you just sit down and listen to it like that, you go, yeah, this was a really good song. This, this yeah, had some good you, shit in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to do that. You've got to listen to songs in the context of, imagine this was just released and no one's heard it yet do you know what i mean like that that completely changes how good you realize songs are sometimes and i think we'll always have that with american idiot where we can kind of it did get overplayed like those four or five singles were oh God. Bul- everywhere boulevard everywhere of broken, boulevard of broken dreams like still haunts my dreams to this day that song was like when you get that, that reverb guitar insane. coming in you just fall yeah, to the yeah, floor yeah. Yeah, it was just everywhere for so long. I love I love Green Day. I love this album. But that song, if I never heard it again, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> but we can kind of take ourselves back to that 2004 period when this album came out and go, yes, this each one of these tracks is good. And also St. Jimmy never gets enough love. St. Jimmy. Yeah, St. Jimmy's a fun song. And it's, I view it as one song mixed with um, Oh, Where We Are or whatever it's called. The song We before. Are The Waiting. We are the waiting because yeah. uh, they sort of um, medley together really nicely. Yeah. I always wanted to play it because uh, I knew it on the bass really well, St. Jimmy, but Aaron didn't want to play it because it was too fast. And I was like, you're a pussy. He couldn't, he never learned the bridge. He could he play, the bridge. he could play the first half and then, um, yeah, couldn't Yeah, he'd play. get my hopes up for the first half and then he'd stop. Yeah. And uh, it was fun for me to play as well because it's, it's my favorite, perfect, just sort of spastic, quick drumming. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and it looks... The thing I enjoyed about it on the bass is it looks complicated to play and it sounds complicated, but it's so fucking easy. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's my wheelhouse, Jesse. In yeah, exactly. life. I, I probably shouldn't have said spastic, should I? <laughs> you said worse. We're 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 an hour and ten minutes in. No one's got this far. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're cool. We made that joke like every week. <laughs> but no one's um, but no one's actually um had a go at us for repeating that joke, which probably means no one does listen this far in. <laughs> I see the stats. I know they get this far, but no one's complained. So no, that's good. We're fine. So that's it. Is it going to be? Well, it's going to be Green Day for sure. It's the number one pop punk album of all time. But is it going to be Dookie or is it going to be American Idiot? Do you I want like to see the win for a second time? Yes, of course you fucking do, you morons. Um, but um, is it? <laughs> I love you all equally. Um, I'll sleep with every single one of you if you vote for me and. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm clean. Um, so it's, um, I like that Green Day have sort of won before the vote even goes to it, though, because they are a very important. It's a shame their new album shit, but like um, they are, like historically speaking, they are a very, very important band to a lot of people. They are, without a doubt. And uh, tying it in nicely, as of yesterday, was actually Billy Joe's birthday. Oh, that's nice. Happy birthday, Billy Happy Joe. Birthday, Sorry, Billy you need to rubbish. <laughs> but we love the old shit. Yeah, oh shit, it's awesome. Keep doing that. Never change. <laughs> Never evolve as a musician. <laughs> no, just do keep doing the same things. Be young forever. Bye. Bye. So that's it. That, that's it. That is the top five pop punk albums according to the word of Max and Jesse and Got Till Five. 
We'll be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. I think I think we should delve into the words television for the next episode, Jesse. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Should we? Should we? Because we've got categories, you see, listeners. We've got categories that we're going to go through. So we're going to do one of each, and then just make a medley of what we feel like. So uh, let's do television next week. It's going to be a fun one. In two weeks' time from today, there will be the Twitter poll to decide who is number one, Dookie or American Idiot. So make sure you are following Got Till Five for that. If people want to find out other stuff, such as socials and old episodes, where can they go for One Stop Shop? One Stop Shop, GotTill5.com. Lovely. I thought you forgot the name for a second. I've got me a bit nervous. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us for the second episode. If you are a uh, hangover from last uh, show and you enjoyed what you heard, thank you for sticking with this one. We hope this one was equally as good and you're going to stick around for the third one as well. It's been an absolute Never pleasure. Us. I love talking Sorry about if I shout too much this. and interrupt people. I love talking about this all stuff. Right, you know, doing stuff differently than what we would normally do. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, I wish I had another co-host, but these are the kind of people. you don't. You love me. You and I've got to me, deal with this. And I've got to deal you, with it. So you, you we'll, give me actual love on a daily basis. Yeah, forced. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you once again to Jesse Benz for his self. And we will <laughs> join you soon. Thank <laughs> you. And good night. Bye, everyone. I love you. And I love you, Max. And everybody in the world. You're all equal. Vote Dookie. Bye.